Music to my ears, the podcast that discusses generational wealth and wealth in general. Welcome your host, Stephen Lewis. So in the studio today is my right hand every day, Meg Holiday. Meg, so happy to have you finally on the podcast. Hi, Steve. Thank you. And I'm excited today because we're going to address an email that came in and I'm excited because at the end of each one of our podcasts, we say, if you have any questions or any comments, just email me at stephen.lewis at bernstein.com, and we've gotten some emails. So today, we're going to address one of them. Yes. So this client asked, you mentioned in Music to My Heirs that one of the key elements of developing a successful inheritor is transferring the values. Right. You also mentioned that philanthropy is one of your favorite training grounds for developing those values. So can you share exactly how you go about doing that? Okay. So we're talking about how do we use philanthropy as this training ground. Yes. I imagine probably of interest to you with two young boys, not even age four yet for the two of them. Yes. This is definitely something that we want to do ourselves. So I thought it was a great question. Well, at the heart of the question, I think there's the, the, a deeper question of why even teach philanthropy to kids, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to give you a reason that I think is beyond just the values that I talk about in Music to My Heirs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of data that suggests that if you can teach philanthropy early, you're teaching empathy. Mm-hmm. And empathy is a core element of emotional intelligence. We hear this over and over again about how EQ, which arguably now may be more important than IQ mm-hmm. in the future, mm-hmm. and that we all want our children to develop that emotional intelligence right and empathy is a key element to that and you learn that through this acknowledgement that there's other needs around you so first and foremost i think that's key Mm -hmm. to teach for that reason and when can you start teaching this everyone always says that earlier is better i I think earlier is probably just easier Mm -hmm. so the earlier we can start with them the better off we're going to be and the easier it's going to be i like to think of it from a framework of the order of how we educate kids. So let's think of it from from an elementary school, middle school, and high school. And I'll lay out each one of those. And what I want to do is lay out some milestones mm-hmm. that, that they should be doing these things at a minimum. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some listeners that are going to hear this and they're going to say, my elementary school kid is doing what you say in high school. And I love it and that's great. But at a minimum, mm-hmm. let's be focused on some of these milestones at each level. Okay, so let's start at the elementary level. Okay, so at elementary level, I want everyone thinking about creating an awareness. Okay. So awareness is just simply that age child getting some sense and understanding of the things that are going on around them, the needs that are in the world around them, and just making them more aware of what those things are. Okay. As as we then move into middle school, that should transition into participation. Mm-hmm. They should start to get a sense of what it means not only to be aware of it, but to participate in making a difference in that. Right. And then as we get to high school, that fully moves into a leadership position. Mm-hmm. So we've now been aware of something, we've participated in making a difference in that, and now we're a leader that's trying to rally up some, some people around us to really make an impact. Interesting. So what's an example of how you would get an elementary age child to start developing that awareness? Well, let's take an example. 
you're driving through town, mm-hmm. maybe through the city, and you come to a stoplight. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody by the stoplight that's either asking for food or money. Yes. What do you typically do when you see that? Well, to be completely honest, it's not that I don't want to help them because I do. But what I do is try not to make eye contact. I do not bring it up with my young children, and I hope that the light turns green quickly. Yeah, I think that most people would agree with you. And look, there's there's some listeners that I clearly understand uh, have the bag ready in the car with water or something, which I think is wonderful. Right. Or do give money to those. But I think for many people, even with their kids, they'll look at it from a safety standpoint of let's just move through and not bring this up. Right. Awareness is about when you get through the light bringing it up right and simply saying did you notice that that person was needing money or food why do you think that could happen and just have that conversation at a young age Mm -hmm. i think for a number of parents they worry that kids at that age don't need to be exposed to these types of things Mm -hmm. that's not really what the research suggests the research suggests that they're better off talking about it and having a conversation with a grown-up than just wondering about it Right. So that's what awareness is. That's an understanding of what awareness is. Right. And how about at the middle school level? So participation is really interesting because I really think of it from two standpoints. One side is, are they getting a chance to participate in an opportunity to make a difference? But there's another element of it, and it's something I learned from one of my favorite authors, Dr. Craig Wasserman, who talks about the the invisible spotlight, which is that... Our kids, he talks about it from a manager standpoint, but our kids are always watching what we're doing. So participation has a lot to do with them seeing how we're participating in our philanthropic causes. Mm -hmm. And that if we're giving in secret or in hiding and they don't see it, but then we talk about it, it's very hard for them to connect those two things. Mm -hmm. So it's important that they get to be involved in seeing why we're doing what we're doing and get to participate alongside with us. So that's what I mean by participation at that age. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And what about leadership in high school? I think my best example in leadership is maybe a not what to do rather than what to do. Okay. As a not what to do, don't just participate in charity and philanthropy because you think it's going to look good on a resume. Right. I understand that a lot of the college counselors and the, and, and the groups will will tell you that you need to have it. But if you're doing it purely for that, if they are, they're going to miss that element of passion that's so critical Mm -hmm. in an essay or in a conversation of I did this for these reasons and to be able to converse on it rather than I just showed up so many times and I wasn't really leading. Right. Leading by passion is what really is going to make a difference in that. I completely agree with that. So, Steve, what if you see that your children's causes are not exactly lining up with your causes? I would say that's probably going to be the case in a lot of instances. Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand that this is a struggle for some people. What I don't think is a benefit is to try to force Generation 1's causes on Generation 2 or Generation 2 on Generation 3. Keep in mind that when you're gone and that generation's gone, their causes will be their causes, whether you're there or not. We're better off having those conversations, engaging, trying to understand their causes, mm-hmm. and and just coming to some ground that works for everybody than just trying to push it aside as if it would go away. Right. So to wrap this topic up, 
how about we give this client that sent this question in some fun things that can be done, some practical things that they can take away to do at each of these levels that we've discussed? All right. I love that. Practical. If you have an elementary school child, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite practical ideas is the the three jar oh yeah type of, this, this is something by the way if you haven't had a chance Ron Lieber wrote a great book called The Opposite of Spoiled and uh, he's got on the book cover the picture of the three jars I followed this along in my family I recommend it to my clients and it's basically the concept of having three clear jars where chores that benefit the family mm-hmm. can go in there and be split between money that would be for a child to give away, money that would be for them to save, and then some money in there for them to spend and for them to get that idea early on. I know that my kids love their jars and love to look and see what what they've done in each, and they really enjoy that opportunity when they get to give. That's a great idea. What about middle school age? Middle school... One of my uh, this this is one that I really like. This one tends to go around Thanksgiving time, and that's why we do it. But at Thanksgiving, we'll bring the kids around at Thanksgiving table, and at that moment, they are to pitch their best need based on the research they did, uh-huh. and we'll set up ahead of time how much money that they're going to get. To give to a cause. Okay. So, for example, somebody might, I'll, I'll pick a number. Somebody might, we might say, there's a hundred dollars mm-hmm. that's gonna go to any cause that you want to give to, but you need to come to Thanksgiving and pitch your cause. I used to joke that for my older daughter, if there was a video on their website of a puppy that looks sad, they got <laughs> the money every year. But I think that's a really great point sure. at middle school to start getting a sense of how do you do research? Right. How do you learn about a cause? And then actually see it impacted. That's great. And anything for high school? High school, look, I think this is a fun time to test out your your, your high schooler's social network. As much as they love their their uh, you know Facebook and Instagram, let's see how strong that network is. Right. Find something they're passionate about. Find out how many people they can get rallied around for an afternoon, for an hour, or for a weekend, or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. to do something about that cause. Let them be creative. Let them do it the way they want to do it. Uh, I've got a client that has in the past said, for every friend you can get to show up for this cause, I'm going to give X dollars toward that cause. Oh, that's a great idea. Right? So it's just just a fun way to say, let, let's see how, how strong your network is. You seem to be on the phone a fair amount. <laughs> let's see how strong it is. I love so. that. Well, I hope that answers our uh, the, the questions or at least gives them some more uh, practical points. I'll... Leave us with the same thing that please, if you have questions or you have ideas of things that you'd like to see us cover, just send us an email at stephen.lewis at bernstein.com. Meg, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. This has been Music to My Ears. For more information on this podcast or to ask a question, just email us at stephen.lewis at bernstein.com. Music.